Welcome to You Must Chill, the weekly podcast on all things Scream Free. My name is John Allen Turner, and as always, I am joined by my pal. Are you my pal? Are we pals? <laughs> Sorry. My friend and partner in crime, Hal Edward Runkle. Hal, how are you today? I'm great after I just got that great sip of green tea. Is it green tea today? You're not drinking the coffee. You're drinking the tea today. I've done the Yeah? You got I the do. jitters? No, I never get jitters. Yeah? I just know I need to stop. Now, what? what is the cue? Like the third time you get up to go to the bathroom? Or yeah, maybe something like that. <laughs> it's just, you know, as you get older, it, it affects you more when it's time to go night-night. Oh, yeah. yeah later yeah. on. Like, so, do you have a cutoff? Do you say yeah, no caffeine after three, six or, th- or three? After okay, three, right. you know... Um, I love ca- I love coffee at night with like dessert. If I'm gonna have sure, dessert, but yeah. I'll do geek out. Yeah, that's we- that that is a a tipping point in yes. your life when you're when you become the guy who orders decaf with. Your I did dessert. it last night. Yeah. Yes, went out to a great dinner last night and. Uh, yeah, I apologize. Yes. We weren't able to join you. We we've had sickness in the yes. house lately. Yes, there's a lot have. of people who are struggling with that. This crazy flu thing that's going on. True, all over the country. Um, but it manifests itself just first as just a cold, mm. and then it be, just becomes this kind of hacking stuff, that fever ridden thing. Uh, uh, I right. my family is largely unscathed, which is great. That's fantastic. Yes, especially your wife being a teacher in a high school. True, One would think being cooped up yeah, with people all day. It's not that nearly the same as elementary school. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's always kitty crud yes, coming home because their immune systems haven't done enough to defeat it. But by the time they're high school. And because the number of bodies they cram into a lot of times, those yes. rooms, a lot of times, yeah, yes, significant. And right. they, and the kids rarely, especially when the weather is bad, mm-hmm. it's not like they get up and walk into a hallway and move and yeah. transfer their germs. They just sit there all day in that classroom. Ugh. But we, uh, she really doesn't get sick. We don't, we don't, we don't get a lot of sickness around the old Runkle House. Obviously, we get injuries that require surgery or cancer. We <laughs> get those. Say. We get the big ones. <laughs> But, uh, yeah. you know, I'll get a cold once a year, but yeah. I can't, I, none of us have had the flu. Well, we get flu shots every year. Yeah. But I, none of have us you had them this year? We did not get them this year. Yeah. See, yeah. I remember you were talking about, like, yeah, we were all going to go. Yeah, we haven't weren't... done it. I don't know. Maybe it's getting, maybe I'm thinking, eh, it's past it this year. I don't know. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. It, it is, um, it is that season, though, you know, it's. I don't a... think my kids have ever had the flu. Yeah, I don't either. A lot of times people say they have the flu. That ain't the flu. Like yeah, when you, you get the know, flu, you know it. You it's know like getting hit in the head with a shovel. Well, it's yeah, it's a fever for three days. Yeah. You know, like 101 fever where you are shivering. Just the body aches. The eye and the, aches yeah. and all, that, oh, and all yeah. that stuff, yeah. It's yeah. horrible. Yeah, I haven't got it, had it in years, uh, which is nice. Healthy stock over there at the Runkel. Well, again, it's relative. My wife gets cancer every every few years, and and, and I I have some have, surgery on do, some part of my body. Do yeah. they have a shot for that yet? Uh, that'd be they nice. Have, it would be great if they had the. Uh... The only one they do have is the uh, the HPV thing, right? Which mm-hmm. is a different thing, and that's a topic for a different podcast. We we it is. We have kind of flirted with talking. Did about we talk that. about the Gardasil thing once? I don't, I don't think, remember. I think we were going to, and we didn't, and we were going to have a doctor who called in, and he was going to... Oh, gonna, that's right. We, we were, were going to do all that. Because he was against it, because yeah. there's some stuff saying, uh, you know, nothing moralistic about right. it. Right, no, no, no. Because there's some saying that 
Just not, it, not sure that it's effective or something like that. So we need to do some more research before we can have an intelligent and informed conversation sure. about that. Yeah. Well, my kids have all have had all round of shots, both of them, all three rounds of those shots. So if okay. they're going to develop a second head from it, um, <laughs> you it's let gonna, us yeah, know. I'll let you if know that happens. It's happen. If and when that happens, we it is. Um, um, Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday. Today. Well, it's the day we well, celebrate. Technically, it. yes. it's not. It was last week, but yes. today is the national holiday when yes. we remember that. Everybody, but Arizona does Arizona Arizona does it now, right? Does everybody I, I do it now? I think everybody does. Yeah. It okay. Now. So it's it's uh, you would, a, one would hope so. Yeah, it's a national holiday. Yeah, and obviously, uh, Dr. King has had a tremendous impact on both of us. Yes, you have a poster. Or is it not, do you call it a poster? Do you still say you have a poster? You have a framed picture of him. Oh yes, right? I have multiple. Yeah. Yeah. We have multiple throughout this office. So we've got a couple. My son's got one, and his has had it in his room his whole life. Now, how old were you when you first kind of? No, that's a good question. Figured that out. Figured out who he was and, and probably how a teenager. He was. Yeah, preteen teenager. I, I was very blessed to, even though I grew up in the South, I was best to have a mom who. Uh, even though I grew up, I was white and grew up in the South. Uh, you were mom. white? You're yes. not anymore? Uh, yeah. no, I don't see I, color. I've so gotten, I'm like Stephen Colbert. I don't see color. No, no. <laughs> I've tell. become pale. I was white. <laughs> now I'm pale. Uh, the, um, we, she was just, she was very, very good at, in, at introducing us to multiple ethnicities yeah. and welcoming them as equals, and it was great. And so uh, I had two really good friends who were African-American growing up. Two of my best friends were Korean-American um, growing up, and, and then I had a friend from Mexico, and, uh, two friends from Mexico. It was just... Uh, and Houston, where I grew up in, is very, very... Very multi- multicultural very place. Very multicultural yeah. place. And so, so it was just normal. Sure. It, 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 and so... Uh, I thank her for that, and and so I was introduced. Uh, I don't think she intentionally introduced me, but school, you know, yeah, junior high. I think it was junior high. Okay, and it, would you have been introduced to it through school? Is that yeah, how you yeah? I think first I was. figured that out. Yeah, okay. I think I was. And my dad, being a preacher, yes, my dad is is very fond of words and people who are good with words, and my father is more of an orator. Mm-hmm. than a teacher a you know like like your speaking style and mine are fairly similar yes. in, in some regards and we're more much more similar than my dad <clears throat> my dad's style is more kind of billy graham orator stuff but uh, my dad loves listening to great preachers preaching and so he sure. had recordings gotcha. of dr king's you know speeches and uh and sermons. Yes. So I, I grew up kind of hearing listening. That. Yeah, just hearing those words. No, well, the best it was ever. Fantastic. Man. Yeah. The best ever. I, what, do you have like a favorite piece? Letter, a, well, everybody, of course. Yeah, is, letters you know, from Birmingham Jail. Letters from Birmingham Jail and I have a dream. Letters from Birmingham Jail, I think, is my favorite overall. Yeah. It's just the idea of uh, you telling me we should wait. But the idea that he. He's writing that whole thing. He's calling people out, you know. Yes. That's great. Yeah, and he's writing it on the margins of the uh, newspaper because yeah. that's all they would oh, let him. The only him, paper he has. Yes, yeah, writing that whole thing out and, and saying, look, it's not time to wait. It's time to fight, but here is the way of fighting. Now, when I wrote um, Hearts and Minds, yes, parenting book several years ago, mm-hmm. I had an entire chapter in there on Martin Luther King Jr. Yeah. And a piece that people sometimes forget about is that while he's doing all of that, he's also a dad. Of four? Yeah. I four? Think, I think four children. 
right? multiple children, multiple he, children, you know, yes. and uh, and how difficult that is. Like if you think just being a dad in mm-hmm. general is a hard thing, but with bearing up under that mantle. And you're getting death threats every day. Your sure. house is literally bombed, right? The whole porch is blown off. Right, right. And then there's that section in Letters from Birmingham Jail where he talks about what it feels like when your little girl yeah. comes to you and says, Daddy, why can't we go to the water park and ride down the water slides like everybody else? Right. And you have to explain to her why she can't go, mm-hmm. why she can't go to the pool. Why she can't do the things that everybody else right seems to be when she turns on the TV and she sees these commercials for these places and you have to explain to your little girl mm-hmm. why she can't go there yeah that's that eats away at you as a dad it's a, also I I think about how he died when he was thirty eight yeah you know. You and I are long past that. You know, that's in the rearview <laughs> mirror. Me a little bit more than you, yeah, but yeah. But, you know, three, four years ago. You got a birthday this week, right? Don't you? I don't know. Yeah, you got uh, a birthday this week. Uh, How old are you going to be uh, this week? I'm going to be 42. <laughs> <laughs> were you doing math in your uh, head there? Were yeah, you just hesitating? Yeah, you uncomfortable math. Were you, did you for a moment just consider lying to everybody else? No, there I didn't. Land? I didn't. I was actually confused. But okay. I will tell you. Did I tell you the story about today's show last last week? Did no, I, tell I you knew that? that they called you and asked you to come. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They wanted you this to be is on the. So <laughs> funny. So on Thursday, I get an email at two o'clock in the afternoon. From today's show, and they've done this every once in a while. You know, I've been on lots and lots of times, but sometimes it's, "Hey, can you? Is there any way you could get on a plane right now and be here and in, be in the morning?" Yeah, yes. It's two o'clock in the afternoon. It's two o'clock in the afternoon. Can we you, need be, you here? be here yes. and be on the air at seven thirty? Right. Yeah, and there's a direct flight from Atlanta to New York every hour yeah. until like ten thirty, and so I've done it before. A lot of usually, I was like, you know what, I can't. But was uh, that like a two and a half hour flight? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. A little over two hours. But uh, they said, "Hey, we're doing a segment on Fab and 50. Fab with a B, yes. Fab with a T. Yeah. Fab, <laughs> Fab and, and 50, 50 in celebration of Michelle Obama last week turning 50. And, and so we they, want you to be on yeah. the show. And so, of course, the first thing I go back, right, call, I call her, <laughs> call the producer, and uh, she's very, very young, this producer. And, and it's like, okay, I, I don't know if I can do it. It's a late notice. And she's like, yeah, yeah, I know. But... um. I got to ask you, do you think I'm 50? <laughs> <laughs> don't ask a question you don't want to know the answer exactly. to. Exactly. And she was like, oh, no, no, oh, no, 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 yes. no, we no. You know, we, the, but your uh, name came up yeah. because we want the mental health perspective on our panel. We're doing a panel. And then, okay, okay. And she's like, where are you? And I, you know, again, I'm in Atlanta. Oh, okay. You know what? I got to get travel. Let me call you back. All right, cool. So they call back and she said, hey, you know what? Uh, we decided we are going to move in a direction where all the panelists are 50. Are 50 See, which means... You ought to produce this segment, Hal. Yeah, this is which not, means yeah. someone there thought I was 50. <laughs> that is humbling. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I'm 41, for crying out loud. Until the end of this week. Yeah. Then you'll geez. be 42. And so I told my wife, and she just dies laughing. Yeah. It's like, that is funny. I'm like, no, no that's it's not. not. It's depressing. It's not funny. It You're is, married to an old man. Is getting drunk worthy is what that is. <laughs> so uh, so you, you were saying, though, yeah. like uh, Dr. King 38. died, he was 38. Yeah, when he was assassinated. I mean, you think about the the brevity of, of that life, and yet the... The longevity. Yeah, he was 25, 26 in Birmingham when Rosa Parks wow. refused to sit. Wow. So he was, yeah, he was a minister. I mean, not uh, in Montgomery, excuse me. Yeah. So he was in Montgomery. He was 26 when that occurred. 
Wow. And so he, that was the big deal, the, the big opening deal was leading that Montgomery So that's the other thing to be thinking about, you know, when you think about Dr. King as a father, he's got young kids yeah. when this is going on. Yeah. It's not like his kids are in college and he's empty nest or something like that. He's got young kids in the house. Right. And being from Atlanta, there are a number of things. There's the King Center here in Atlanta. Sure. But also, You've been to the King Center, yeah, right? Yeah. But also in the airport. In the Hartsfield Jackson Atlanta Airport, in the in you know this in Terminal E, yeah, which used to be the international terminal, but now there's still this ongoing. It's been there for a long time. Display, yeah, of memorabilia and artifacts, and and one is on this, loan yes, from the King yeah, came, yeah. family, and one is a uh, wooden baseball bat, mm. and it's next to a picture of him playing baseball in the yard with one of his sons. Yeah. Uh, it's it's quite touching, and it is all about that remembering that he was a father. Yeah, yeah. and and ultimately being led by I, I and it's a, a spirit I think we all feel at some level. Is I want I, I want to have some impact that the world I leave to my kids is better than the one I found. Yeah, right? he didn't want his kids to have to have that conversation with their kids right. about the water park and why they couldn't go, and, and about the pool and why they couldn't go. For the most part, they don't. Yeah, now they have to have. More complicated conversations, I believe. Sure, you know why this, am I uh, passed up for promotions? Yeah. right? but uh, why but, are we? Why do we have to live here? Why? How do you? How did we get trapped in this cycle? Sure, you know, those kinds of systemic conversations. Why are you know African American males uh, uh, in prison at such a ridiculously yes. high proportional rate versus yeah. white males? So yeah, the, still conversations ongoing. But I, I don't like it when people t- say because there's so much work left to do that they they end up unwittingly I think but dismissing some of the amazing work that's already been done thanks to Dr. King. We do have, you know, like him or not, yeah, we do have a seated president yes. who is a black who's African American. You know, I mean right. that's that's it. It doesn't say we're there yet. Good Lord, no. But it does say, man, in 50 years, yeah. we moved the ball down the field. True. You know, the True. the, the uh, uh, ratio of elected officials right. who are black men and women who represent the United States now, right. uh, is remarkable. And the, the presence of black men and women on television... True is remarkable. We just uh, last this this past week, um, Saturday Night Live mm. hired a uh, first African American female since comic. I think Ellen Cleghorn. I yeah. think yeah. I mean, going back to the nineties, long time. Yeah, it's interesting. And uh, what's interesting also, we have the possibility this year of having the first black director to win. An Academy oh, um, Award, uh, Steve, uh, Steve McQueen. Steve McQueen, yeah, yeah, yeah. For directing 12 Years, 12 Years a, Slave. a Slave. Which you have seen. Yes. But I have not. And it's interesting. It, this is Oscar season. Yes, uh, so they just announced all the yes, nominations. I guess Friday. For, yeah, yes. yeah. All came out. And of course, there's all the conversation about the snubs and stuff. Sure. And some people Tom are, Hanks, yeah, snub. Didn't Oprah get, Winfrey uh, yes. for The Butler. Did you no, see, have you seen The Butler? I did not see The Butler. No, I saw The Butler on a plane... Uh, mm-hmm. To California last week, the Butler was finally nom- nominated for hardly right. Was it nominated for anything? Technically, it's Lee Daniels the yeah, Butler, yeah, yeah. right? It, is that what he it wasn't is? nominated for anything? Was it? Uh, let's see, Forrest Whitaker was not. I it the movie itself was. Um, for what? 
It's not nominated for Best Picture. Well, now I'm going to have to look it up. Because I thought that, I mean, when that first came out, it looked like Oscar bait quite a bit. But sure. Oprah was assured, you know, so sporting actress I was nod. really surprised to not see her. And then, but in terms of actor, neither Tom Hanks, which he could have been nominated for either one of his movies, Captain Phillips especially. Yeah, that last it scene. Was yeah, un- it was astonishing. Unbelievable. Uh, but also, Robert Redford was snubbed I, yeah. for the All is Lost thing. Which apparently was all the rage, but it was an indie picture that hardly anybody saw. But let's see. Oh, this is all just talking about the uh, snubs. Yes. yes. Um. Okay, we'll continue talking. Sure. So find what's interesting is I just read an article about Twelve Years a Slave, and oh, Lee Daniels is nominated as director. No, he's not. He is. No, no, not, no that's not. a list of snubs. I'm sorry, I'm yes, on the wrong list. he was list. not nominated. I, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't know what you're talking about. I was on the wrong list. I was on the list of snubs, mm. not the list of nominees. Yes. Okay. Anyways, right. uh, I was reading an article by Elsie Graners, and he's a, he's a uh, writer for- Fabulous uh, writer. Yeah, for CNN. He really is a, a powerful writer. Yes, he's a good writer. Agree uh, or disagree, oh, he's yeah, a good yeah, writer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. At least appreciate his writing. But he was talking about how the- uh, People aren't seeing 12 Years a Slave, that it is uh, less than 40 million at the box office. Right, and I am part of that problem because I've not seen it yet. And I was a part of that problem because my wife and I desperately wanted to see it, and yet every time we got the chance for a date night or something, let's go see it, we just couldn't pull the trigger. And the reason why was because it's just going to, we know it's going to be emotionally gut-wrenching and intense, which it was. A soul-crushing sort of movie exactly and you're just like i now, just i just couldn't do it. it to um schindler's list schindler's list like it's like the right. schindler's list of slavery right now did i ever tell you the story about when i went to see schindler's list have i told you this i story? don't know um it was in the theaters and i knew i needed to see it yes but I put it off, put it off, put it off, and now it's in the bargain theaters. Remember, they used to have no, those, like you know, the, they still do. Okay, okay. So dollar theaters, you know, yeah, dollar it, theater, yeah. and you know, like this is your last chance yeah, to see it, it on the big away. screen, right? And uh, and so my wife and I had been married for less than a year. Yeah, because it was and, 1993, and yeah. it was like the honeymoon is over. Kind of, yes, the, you know, like when you hit that moment in your marriage, sure. or you 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 think, oh dear, what what are we going to do? How do we navigate this? And um, uh, and so we were not in a good place, but we both knew we needed to go see this movie. <clears throat> so we're not in a good place. We drive there. We witness this movie, and it has just sucked the life oh, out of us. Absolutely. Right? We come out of the theater. We get in the car. We drive home in silence. Mm. Nothing is good right now. Right. I, uh, we get in and, um, and I, there are messages on the answering machine and I can see the light flashing. Remember when they, people used to have answering machines, right? In Remember 1993? There was such a thing called an answering machine? And it had, yeah. exactly. Yes, an actual so, device uh, with little, little tape recorders. And it had put, the light you know? that would flash to alert yeah, you to the fact bing, that you had this bing, message. So bing. I, I walk to the phone to mm-hmm. see what the message is and the phone rings when I get there. Mm. I pick up the phone and it is my sister mm-hmm. who was living in California, and she is uh, so excited, ecstatic, screaming into the phone, Carlos asked me to marry him, and I said <laughs> yes! <laughs> and all I can think is, 
eight million Jews. Yeah, exactly. Right. You know, yeah. or six million six Jews. Million Jews. Six, six yeah. million Jews That's died in the funny. Holocaust. That's it, funny. But I'm I'm happy Including for you. A little girl with a yeah. red coat. A little girl yes. with a red coat who yes. had to hide in the yeah. Yeah. But I'm happy for you. Oh, like I did. I it was the the no like capacity. emotional whiplash of That's that funny. moment. That's is forever funny. seared into my head. That's funny. So so this is, people are saying, on that level of intensity. It right? is. I will tell you this. It is. It did not quite do it for me as much as Chandler's, Chandler's List. List. Chandler's List, I collapsed in the parking lot. Oh my gosh, yes. I, I had to, my wife was with me and she was like pulling me up. I, I just was... Uh, Steve I, McQueen I mean, is a fine director, but he is a fine, Steven fine director. Spielberg Steve, is Steve Spielberg is the best of all time. But yeah, and but it, it I will say that Twelve Years a Slave is phenomenal. Yeah, and that that anything would even compare to it. Of the and I've seen most of the movies. The the uh, it needs to win everything. I think it will win everything. It is, I believe. Rec- I believe it's mandatory viewing for. What or age? any conscientious adult? Adult. Yes. Okay, so ha- would you take your kids to see it? It's interesting. I have not shown my kids Schindler's List, and neither yet. have I. I have shown my son Saving Private Ryan. Right. We've talked about that. I and have, Band of Brothers, right? Didn't yes, and Band, Band of Brothers and the Pacific. I've shown them all that. I have not taken. I have not shown them Schindler's List, and that has been intentional. And I think that. Probably, yeah, that follows the same thing. I won't, I wouldn't show them 12 Years a Slave yet. So, what age? Oh, man. Uh, But I I think if you're in college, you need to see it. Yeah. Because college is a time of intentionally. When when you need to be exposed to experimenting your thoughts. Sure. Yes. Yeah. I I, I think you need to see it. Um, Now, you and I and and a couple other guys last Monday went to see Lone Survivor. Yes. And you were a wreck. I was. I was. That, uh, Lone Survivor touched me on a different pl- in a different place than Twelve Years a Slave. It was more personal, right? Well, because the nature of our work right. that we get, to, you know, as people know, we get the chance to work with Army families every week. Yeah, and when they showed all the pictures, the real pictures of yeah. the real men who died in Afghanistan, mm-hmm. and pictures with them and their families, it oh. just wrecked me. Yeah, uh, because it's interesting. Twelve Years a Slave it wrecks you on a level, but it's more intellectual. It is emotional, but it's more intellectual because you're having to consciously think about a time period 150 years ago. Yeah, right. And we're a little bit more removed, as from opposed that. to uh, Lone Survivor, which happened a few years ago, and you know that there are still uh, soldiers today fighting on that terrain. Yeah, and dying, and and we meet with those. So it is much more kind of right. On me. Yeah. You know? And so when you're there, you know, and I mentioned this to you that night. Yeah. You know, when you go to a place like Fort Irwin and you're, you know, you tell people little goofy stories about teaching your kids how to ride a bike and how awkward it is to initiate sex sometimes and, you know, that kind of stuff. And you're like, those people are going into, into the fray of battle. Yeah. There was one scene that they had to change from the book. It's all, you know, Lone Survivor's uh, true, yeah, story, yeah, true, story, true story, true story, right. But one scene they had to change just because it wouldn't have worked, and also they thought the audience wouldn't have believed it. But uh, when he is by himself as the lone survivor, right, right. and everyone else has is, is been killed, he is uh, not able to walk. Now, they show him limping in the movie, but he mm-hmm. technically was not able to walk, and he crawled seven miles. Oh, my goodness. 
imagine that seven miles yeah to get to water you remember that scene where yeah. he finds the water yeah. and yeah, what, yeah, he was yeah. limping towards the water no in real life seven mile crawl, crawl to get to water oh they can't sh- they wouldn't show up yeah, because right, we wouldn't right. believe yeah, it yeah. like no that's ridiculous ever doing, but that's what seven miles happened now, and they do that sometimes with 12 years of slave where there are things that actually happened that we wouldn't believe now you almost uh, we we almost did not see that movie that night because I wanted to take my son to it. Your, your boy wants to see it. Having seen it now, I've actually we almost went to go see it the other day. Yeah, now I can I I think I can take him to it. Okay, it's interesting. I would take him to that more than I would take him to Twelve Years Slave, which um, hmm. because I there is it's one thing when it's it, when it's all right. It's a battle uh, between combatants. Yeah. on a military field. And it's another when it's another when it's just complete cruelty, enslavement of other human beings, yeah, and treating them not as combatants on a battlefield. I mean, there's actually a, a there's more respect between the people and killing each other in Lone Survivor. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. But just scenes like where the most evil uh, there's several different slave owners that he goes back and forth He's from and Michael Mike from. and Michael Fassbender who right. is nominated for an Academy rightfully Award. so yeah. for his supporting actor role he's the most evil and he is up there with like the Joker like some of the greatest and villains Darth, Darth movie Vader. villains of all time yeah, because he, he is so evil so evil and his wife is evil and so just things like waking them up in the middle of the night and bringing them all into their living room and forcing them to dance, just because. for their for their entertainment. Yeah. I want to see you. I want to see you boys dance stuff. And and the main star is a violin player, and he's got to right. play violin. It just and that's the nicest. It's the psychological cruelty it involved in something like that is remarkable. And so I get why people don't want to see it. We didn't why, want to see it. Why would I go and subject myself to that? Because the movies is escapism. It, you know, I, right, I, yeah, I, I want to go eat popcorn and watch exactly and have a good time. Something silly and right. you know, watch people I have no emotional investment. I want to see a musical, a yeah. comedy. Sure, right. I want to escape. I want to have a good time. Wrong. I love. You know, I took the girls to see Frozen. Okay, which sure. Was, which was a really, really strong movie. I heard. Yeah, and. Um, you know, I took the the kids to see uh, Saving Mr. Banks. Yes, excellent, which is excellent, great, excellent movie. movie. You know, so it. so there's nothing Just wrong fun. with escapism and things yeah. like that. But movies also have this ability to sort of get beyond our defenses. Oh, more than any other medium ever right. created. And, and we'll we'll hear stuff in a movie that we wouldn't hear in a sermon. Yeah, there and and, and that's kind of. You know, you almost wonder if uh, if Dr. King mm-hmm. were around today, mm. what media would yeah. he use? Would he still be? Now, I mean, you can energize a crowd with a speech. Sure, sure. I still think I, I still think you are amazingly still able to captivate people. Of course, you can. Right, but you can reach the masses. True, with motion pictures. True. Absolutely, and and I will tell you, so my, my if I had a list of my favorite movies, most of them would be very, very intense dramas that leave me shaken, 
And most of them actually are historical dramas. Well, some of them are that you know, movies that leave you shaken. But of and course, some of I them have... are movies that in, uh, inspire. And some, and of course, are just popcorn like Raiders of the Lost Ark. And of course, Empire Strikes Back are going to be. And some of them there. are silly. Raising Arizona for me. Raising yes. Arizona is one of the great movies, and it, you know, I, anytime it's on, I'll watch it. Sure. Um, and but for then, me, it's a wonderful life. Anytime sure. it's on, it's you know. And it, but then there are there's Shawshank. Well, it's up there. You know, which, which I have not showed my kids yet, but I'm, I'm really? yeah, I'm I'm close to, huh? Close to. Okay. Yeah. Um, movies have this ability to sneak past our defenses and get us into that world at a different level. And we have to, it, we got to be careful about it because you can't unsee stuff. Yeah. You know. And that's it, the visual is such a powerful. When you attach it to music, when you attach it to storytelling and, and acting, and when you put yourself in a dark really room, well, you right? know, you put you know? yourself in a dark room and you watch moving pictures with Which this is soundtrack. Why we love and all it, that. yeah. Why we love it, and why you know, movie theaters will not go away. Uh, uh-uh. uh, not anytime soon. No, because we we love that aspect of it, and we celebrate the Oscars and stuff. It's sure. a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. It is, but it is such a powerful, powerful vehicle that when it is used for something like this, yeah, then people are cautious. By the way, Lee Daniels, the butler, not nominated for anything. For anything. Yeah. No, yeah. That's, that's amazing. Um, I, uh, didn't, I didn't see it. There was but... a scene in there, mm-hmm. and I think I talked to you about this the other day, um, where uh, during the civil rights movement, uh, people are getting ready to go to a coffee shop or a diner and stage a sit-in. Right. They want to go sit at the counter. And they've got to practice. Yeah. Yeah. And that that's one of the more intense scenes mm-hmm. I've seen in a long time. Mm. These people, you know, who are going to go in and sit at the counter, and they know that they're going to be abused. Right. Verbally and physically. And so to prepare them for it, they go into a room, and they sit in these folding chairs, and they let people do and say things to them that... Yes. Will, you know, bark, somewhat simul- simulate. Yeah, bark racial epithets at them. Spit and, at yeah. them, throw milk at them, uh, for you know, whatever. Wow. And it is... Their ability to remain calm. And, and uh, there are a couple of uh, uh, characters who can't. Can't do it, yeah. Can't do yeah. it. And they, they lose it, mm. you know, and, and it's a good thing they lost it there and not at the counter where the cameras are and, and all of that right. kind of stuff. And right. Just the the level of intestinal fortitude some of those people had. Well, that was what I was amazed by with Lone Survivor. Yeah. Is because you are watching guys who are unbelievable human beings. Unbelievable human beings. The, the, yeah. The, the, that one scene, and it's shown in the in the commercials, but uh, the guy is saying, I'm shot. And he said, yeah, dude, we're all dude, shot. Can you fight? We're all shot up. Can you fight? Can you fight? Because they were all shot multiple times. Uh, yeah. And, and un- falling down mountains multiple times with broken Throwing stuff. themselves off yes. mountains because it's in order their to only escape, option. It, it's yeah. just remarkable to watch that. And you you it's on Facebook. Everyone's shown it around. But the interview with Marcus, Marcus yeah. Luttrell yeah. and Mark Wahlberg. The and guy the, who wrote the book. Yes, uh, the guy who was actually. Lived through it. Yeah, yes. and the interviewer says it seems like there was hopeless. You know, he just became hopeless, and he's like, "What part of the movie are you watching?" Because there's never a part where you're hopeless. Yeah, we don't get hopeless. We're breathing. We're filled with hope. We expect to get out of it. We expect to win. Now you contrast that with you know, 
<laughs> I watched the butler mm-hmm. on that plane because the internet wasn't working. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, if, if I, exactly. I could just be really transparent. Yes. I was disappointed and, and a little bit angry, perturbed, so, bothered. Uh, oh, the internet isn't right. going to work. So what am I going to do? I yes. guess I'll watch this movie about people who endured ridiculous right. things because they weren't allowed to sit at a lunch counter, you right. know? And I'm complaining about the lack of internet in an airplane. Stupid. What is wrong with me? Yes, you're a pansy. (laughs) You're a wuss. That's what we all are. No, you know, and and, wusses, you know. um, You know, the things we find to complain about. It's remarkable. And so watching that movie brings that, you know, and watching watching 12 Years a Slave. 12 Years a Slave, watching Lone Survivor, watching... Watching Captain Phillips, even. Captain Phillips, watching The Butler, watching Hurt Locker, watching watching, Saving Private Ryan. You know, goodness, really? Yeah. This is what I'm complaining about. Well, it's interesting because I wonder, I was having this conversation, I love the fortitude, the teamwork, the unbelievable... Uh, optimism and uh, perseverance. Do whatever, yes, and, and you nothing you throw at me is going to throw me off. In my those ear. guys, it's yeah. unbelievable. It's inspirational. I there is a part of me that wishes that those men were devoting it to something other than killing Afghans. Right. And I don't know what I all mean by that statement, but but I wish we had all of that devoted to other. I but what I believe to be more. Uh, effective causes in creating change in the world. Which is what we saw in Dr. King. True. And in his legacy. That fortitude, that courage, that ability to uh, stand when when their dogs, uh, the police dogs, are screaming in your face, right? And not fighting back. When the fire hoses are blowing you up against a brick wall. And not fighting back. One of my, my favorite movie of all time is Gandhi. And uh, and I've shown that with my kids. We've watched that a couple of times. But, but, the scene. Well, there's so many scenes in well, that the, movie. That crowd of people. Yes, the 1,500 yeah. people that were uh, were killed, and they are in a they non just open fire. Yeah, and, and they're having yeah. the guy is not Gandhi speaking. He's he's a guy who's trained by him, who's talking about how we will receive their blows. Well, we will never strike back. And as they're doing that, an entire brigade. Mm-hmm. I don't know what term I'm using here, yeah, but but, it, but it, of it, of the British army. Yeah, are, just opens fire. And so, and the one guy turns to the to the commanding uh, general and says, uh, "Should we fire a warning that they've had their warning? We said no meetings." And so, and then they're recounting it later, and fifteen hundred and something killed with sixteen hundred bullets. Yeah. Right. Oof. <laughs> and and but they didn't fight back. Now, yes, there were pockets of them, and what's amazing is when they started fighting back, then Gandhi said, you know what, we're not ready for the type of independence that I want for us, so I'm going to stop eating until we stop fighting back. Yeah. And he almost, it was one of his multiple, but he got to 24 days or something, he's on death, and then they finally stopped. But that type of fortitude, and so a part of me wonders, you know, for my kids, but for me, you know, white middle class upper to upper middle class suburban. well-educated suburban americans where is the cause worth yeah. devoting ourselves to which is why so many guys are are drawn to military stuff right yeah i just i wonder well that's you know there there's a I, i'm a walking dead guy i know you're yeah, not I've, yeah but not uh, there was a, a line in this most recent season of 
uh, Walking Dead, where one of the characters says, um, all that you really have left is deciding what you're willing to fight for now. Right. Like that's that everything else has been taken away from us. All of our options are exhausted. Mm-hmm. The only thing we have left is deciding what cause, what people we're willing to fight for. Right. And that and that is it's like the goal is to get to a place where that is removed, where we want multiple choices for how I spend how we yeah. spend our time and yet the more choices we seem to add to ourselves, the more miserable we'll we become. That's the conundrum, isn't it? Of, because of choice and freedom and peace, of yes. times of peace. You know, you, we were talking about this the last week mm-hmm. that uh, uh, times of economic prosperity are times of terrible music, a terrible art. Yes. <laughs> terrible art and terrible music yes. comes out of times of prosperity. It's times of economic difficulty, times of political strife. Right. Times like that produce great art. Great music, great literature, mm-hmm. great thought, yeah. and great people. And I think it's because we are meant to be constantly facing some kind of resistance. Like the universe yeah. wants us, because that's how we grow, and I think everything in the universe is designed to grow us up. Yes, and so we, you know, it's the the, the airplane analogy, is airplanes can take off with a tailwind, sure. but they don't take off very well. Right. They need, a, they need a headwind. You get a headwind right in front of you, you would, think, you, would, you would think, if you don't know anything about aerodynamics, you would think, well, that would be bad. But no, that's what gives an airplane lift. Yeah. It's flying directly into. That's the leaning in thing that uh, a lot of folks have talked about. But it, it's, I worry sometimes, well, and I worry a lot of times about every time we try to remove our kids from our kids' lives, the struggles that we can only show them that other people have gone through on the movies, right? Yeah. When we, we yeah. work so hard to remove their nat- the struggles in front of them, we're actually crippling their ability to grow the way life wants them to. Well, it is a little bit ironic that um, that we are reluctant to show certain historical movies to our kids. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's Twelve Years a Slave or Schindler's List. Right. Um, we don't want our kids to see the reality that other kids lived yeah. through. And are still living. In many places in the world, Absolutely. are still living through. We're, we're trying to shield our kids from another kid's reality. And yet, how many kids do you see that are passionate about ending child slavery around the world? Yeah. You know, that, that, is, a kind of, that is kind of the teenage cause du jour yeah. that I see happening, right? Well, so, human trafficking. Human and, trafficking. And all that, and Sex yeah. slave and stuff like that. The kids are really passionate sure. about that. The child, the, the child soldier stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In but, Africa, but, they're, they're really passionate about that. They want to have something to fight for because that's what it means to be human, that struggle, that working towards something against all odds. Yeah, we, uh, you know, I've talked about sending my daughter to Guatemala, mm. and now we're looking as a family to go to Guatemala. Cool. And uh, go to Guatemala City and uh, Zone 18, Zone 19, one of those zones where, like, the there's a travel advisory. Mm-hmm. Don't right. go there, you know. Right. And uh, some my, the church that I, I work with here in town has a long-term partnership down there. Okay. And so we're sending teams down there pretty Regularly, yeah. pretty regularly, and uh, I was in a conversation with somebody who went recently, 
and they came back and they said they were going to go with some somebody who works there, mm-hmm. and they were going to go to uh, their home and, and just travel there and get something and then come back. And the question came up, uh, is it safe for us to go there? And the person said, I live there. Yeah. I mean, just think about the reality yes. of that. Is it safe? I, you're talking about the place where I live. Right. Hmm. And I want to know if it's safe for me to even go, go visit. Right. You know, I, we talk about this a lot. You know, I think safety is important. Use common sense. You know, wear a helmet, wear a seatbelt. Okay, I get it. Right. Get, that, you get your flu shot. But it doesn't mean don't get in the car. Come on. Hmm. We've made, I, I fear, an idol of, of safety. safety. Oh, I agree. And 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 we've talked about it a lot here, I think. Uh, early 80s. Yeah. You know? Had a, a tremendous impact on both of us. I mean, that's when we both came of age. It did, but that was the Tylenol thing. That yeah. was the stranger danger thing, you know? And then... My son just watched a movie. He was telling me about. It. He saw watched a movie called Amber Alert, and it's actually oh, a depi- uh, depiction of the first Amber. Okay, or whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, and he for said whom it, Amber yeah, Alert is named. He, yeah. he was out of friends, and he watched it. Right, so he was kind of he's like it was kind of freaky. Yeah, and so uh, don't go anywhere near anybody ever that you yeah. don't know. Right, and it, which is always funny because as a therapist, I know that ninety percent of childhood abuse happens with someone people you, you do, do know. know. Yeah, you know, exactly. Right. It's it's interesting. We, if we want to isolate our kids from danger everywhere, then we might as well put them in the coffin now. Yeah, because that's the only way they're going to be protected is to go ahead and put them there. And I wonder sometimes. Martin Luther King was a smart man. Mm-hmm. That doctorate was earned. Oh, that's not an honorary doctorate. No, no, no. He had right? a doctorate by his twenty-four. Yeah, and um, uh, he could have, like a lot of men mm-hmm. of his time, mm-hmm. he could have chosen safety. Well, he could have chosen to live up north. Yeah, but instead, he stayed in Atlanta, the South, Montgomery, knowing that you know. Yeah. He, he here's another thing, though. A lot of people aren't aware of this. Atlanta was different from Birmingham. Oh, very much so. Atlanta was much Atlanta more of a metropolitan was city. Much more metropolitan, but not just that. Like there were a, a lot, lot of Jewish m- people yes. here, and and there was a lot more racial tolerance here. I'm not saying that that abuse didn't happen and of that racism it, it did, didn't of happen. Course. Of course it did. But but he could have stayed in Atlanta. True. But he chose to go. He to didn't Birmingham. have to go to Montgomery. Yeah. He didn't have to go to Birmingham. He didn't have to go to those kinds of places. He didn't have to go to Selma. Right. Um. But there was something in him that led him to believe that safety shouldn't be your top priority. I think that's the appeal of those Marines commercials. Yeah. You know, where uh, when we hear danger, we turn towards it. We yeah. run into it, you know. And I, it's interesting because I just watch my kids and they know who they're marketing to. They're marketing to young men and women yeah. who have been coddled. And so that's why it's actually one of the most successful, hearing this from an advertising professor who was saying one of the most successful marketing campaigns in history is uh, basically the Marines. Yeah. Right? The few. The proud. The proud, you know. The Marines. The Marines. It's, yeah. it's uh, we don't take applications, only commitments. It's just this, and, and you see it. That's why CrossFit is so attractive. Mm-hmm. We don't, we're not making it easy on you. It's no. not easy, you know? You are going to 
exercise until you throw up. Yeah. It's, We're going to test you. It's why P90X and insanity and those things, it's, it's sure. you know, I'm going to, there's an attraction to doing hard things that, that, that is appeal to our kids. And, and yet my instinct is, well, I better make sure everything in his baseball bag is, is packed because yeah. I wouldn't want him to have to endure the embarrassment of getting to practice and not having everything he needed. I wouldn't want him to have to go thirsty. Yeah. For a little while. Exactly. You know, so I've got five bottles of Gatorade in there, just in case. Yes. You know. Because heaven forbid he has to actually think ahead for his own thirst planning. Or, worst possible case scenario, drink water out of a water fountain. Mm -hmm. Who knows what's in that water fountain? There are all sorts of germs in there. Someone could have spit in that water fountain. Mm -hmm. We have made... Safety and all right, so again, it's a it's a, it's a healthy impulse. But now I need to show my kids I the movies. Do I'm we, afraid. you know <laughs> the movies? I'm afraid again, to show them. Well, you know, at some point in time, we 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 recognize. Yeah, some of this is gratuitous. True, you know, Twelve Years a Slave is not gratuitous, is it not? It's, so it's for brilliant. parents, it's brilliant. Now, again, your daughter is seventeen. Django Unchained was gratuitous. Yes, it was. It was fun. It was fun. You and I saw that together. It was gratuitous. I think it was after that movie you yes. asked me if I would consider joining yeah, <laughs> Scream so, Free again. So. <laughs> yeah. It was that was gratuitous. Yeah, Tell that your slave was. is not gratuitous. Okay. All right. So you, you have a seventeen year old and a fifteen year old? Fourteen. Brandon's fourteen. fourteen. We'll know he'd be fifteen. May. May. Okay. All right. So fourteen and a half, mm-hmm. seventeen. Mm-hmm. You feel like Yeah. Now again, you and I are also the kind of guys who are you know, let's show it to let. Let's expose our kids to some things, maybe a little yes. bit before we think that they're fully ready for it. The reality, what the reality that I sometimes just think about is, and I know it's not apples to apples, but my gosh, you know what? My daughter, two thousand years ago, um, would have been married by now. Had a had a three year old. Yeah, you know, Mary was seventeen and Jesus was four. So yeah. I, <laughs> most likely something yeah. like that. You know, I was talking this conversation with a uh, uh, just parents the other day, somebody my age, and he was saying, "Yeah, you know, we grew up hunting." You know, I I was 10, 10 years old with my dirt bike and my shotgun across the steering wheel, and I would come, you know, they'd say, be back by sundown. Yep. Mm-hmm. That was how people lived for a long time. You know, I would leave at 8, come back at 10 every day. And that was just yeah. your life. That was just that was summer, man. Life that in was summer. Houston, Texas. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, that, and that's not that long ago. It's not like no. you and I are 80 yeah, no. talking about things. <laughs> yeah, no. This back is the, in my day. No, it's not that. No, this is 40, you know, 35 years ago. Yeah. You know, you and I, that's it. So, so here's the net on all of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I know. So, so, okay. So here's the net on all of this. Um, Dr. King is a shining example to us of a man who was a dad and yes. a husband and who understood that there was something more important than just safety. And that is one of the reasons why we celebrate him. Yes. We celebrate people who live for legacy. Oh, it's interesting. And now that I think about it, I did just show my son Braveheart. Okay. And while there's a lot that's gratuitous about that, and while I don't want my son to think the only way to show valor and bravery is through killing. Savagery. Right. I do love the line, every man dies. Not, Not every, every man, man lives. really lives. Yeah. yeah. I do love that. Teach your kids to live. 
How about yeah. that? There we go. Okay, there's the bottom line. Teach your kids to live. All right. All right. Well, thanks for listening to You Must Chill. Two guys learn how to calm down so we can grow up and get closer to people who matter most. We'll talk to you more next week.